Glory to God. He's a good God. He's doing good things. And if that's all you learn tonight, you'd have it. If you got a hold of that, you know, I was thinking when we were singing that verse, as angels are working, I was thinking, you know, if people really got a true vision of angels working to go out and secure whatever they needed from the world's finances, the, I mean, true vision, it, that's real. You know, sometimes we sing things in church or we read things in the Bible and we read them like we read Cinderella, like, like, like they're a fairy tale that could really never happen. But see, those things are true. That's in the Bible, that angels are here to minister for us. Amen? And, and these things are true. The things that we learn and we see and that God shows us, they are so valuable that we should never let go of one thing that he says. And, and we, should try, we should try to look at to see it. We should try to see it. We should try to see angels actually working on our behalf. The closer you get to the reality that, that, that heaven is real, that, that, that it's a real, this isn't a fairy tale and it's truth, the, the, more, the easier it is to do things here because you lose distance between you and God. It becomes closer and closer and closer. God wants your relation, or the, the devil wants your relationship with God to be way distant. He, he, he wants it to be like God's way out there where you can't even get to him. And if he wants to mess with you someday, he might come and mess with you. Right? That's what the devil wants you to believe. But what God, what is true is that God's right here in the midst of us right now. His Holy Spirit is inside of us. And he's leading and he will lead and guide us as we'll allow him to every day of our lives. If we allow him to. But, it, but it's our choice. It's not, he's not going to come and control you. He doesn't want any robots. If he wanted robots, he could have just all created us all as, as robots to do whatever he wanted to do, right? But who wants the robot loving them? I don't think robot love is real, right? I mean, like if a piece of machinery tells you it loves you, I wouldn't believe it. I wouldn't believe it at all. Amen? God loves us, and, and He sent His Word. He sent His Word to make us free. He sent His Word to heal us, to keep us. And, and He sent His Word to, to, to establish us in a place in this earth and to, and to establish His kingdom here in this earth. He establishes His kingdom through us. It, it's why the devil tries so hard to get us off on these little bitty things. Religion is sneaky. Religion is sneaky. And, and, you know, well, open your Bibles to Matthew 6, start in verse 31 maybe. You know, in, in, as I've walked through my Christian walk, the one thing I've noticed over and over again is that God brings me back to these verses regularly. To, to Matthew 6 and especially Matthew 6.33, on a regular basis he brings me back to these verses because these verses are life-changing. And also getting, these, getting this out of kilter will, will make you ineffective yeah. for the kingdom of God. If you get this one thing 
just tweaked, out of, out of kilter just a little bit, your effectiveness for the kingdom and for God will, won't work. It, you'll, you will be ineffective because you won't be doing what God asks you to do. And you won't be doing it from the position He asks you to do it from. Amen? Verse 31 starts out, and of course you guys have read the whole chapter, but if we do that, man, I see new things every time, so we'll be here for a really long time. So we'll start here. And it says, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we, dr- what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? The NIV says, Don't worry, I think. Does the NIV say don't worry? Yeah, and so the first time I read that, you know, I thought, well, God wants me to not worry, which is true. But when God wants you to do something, he gives you a way not to do it. He, right? Because, like, how much good would it do if I said, don't worry? You'd say, well, I'm trying not to. Can you help me out? And I'm saying, well, I just told you not to worry. What more do you need? Right? You know, we, we, we must think God's just mean. Right? He tells you he tells you not to worry, and that's it. And if you if you worry, you're, he's just against you. No, when God says don't do something, he then gives you an empowerment how not to do it. Amen. And and in doing that, he gives you the ability not to worry. But more so, he gives you the ability not to worry about worrying. Right? Because you tell some Christians this, and they'll say, gosh, I wonder if I'm worrying. I'm really concerned that I've been worrying. You know, maybe that's why God's not helping me, because I've been worrying. Do you know that that's worrying about worrying? I mean, I get calls all the time. President Dave, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I haven't been worrying. I'm like, well, you are. (laughs) But you are. You're worrying. Amen? And God says, don't worry. And then in the next verse he says, people worry. People that don't know me, they chase after these things. They worry about them. They take thought about them. This is what their life is about. How many know that when you're not serving God, you get up in the morning, you go to work, you come home, you eat dinner, you go to bed, you get up in the morning and you go to work. And your life is about making money to meet your needs. (laughs) that's pretty somber but it's true right anybody in here not been saved before (laughs) right now I will say that some of my money went to meet the wrong needs when I wasn't living for God and they weren't even needs it was of course that was when we were in debt a whole bunch too so we were spending money we didn't even have on stuff we didn't need to do (laughs) and we're really good at it none of y'all have ever done that right (laughs) People that don't know the Lord chase after these things. And here's what he wants you to know. Your heavenly father. He doesn't say God knows you need these things. He says your heavenly father knows you need these things. In other words, he's not saying you're God. He's not saying you're Lord, you're master. He's saying your dad. Your dad knows you need these things. How many people... No, and I mean, I realize that Satan's done his best to make dads look bad, but how many, how many believed when they were growing up, no matter what the condition of your household, your dad was going to come through for you? Yes. You know, we had like Zippo money in our house. I mean, there was times where it was 
it was bad. And I still believed somehow Dad was going to come through. And you know what? He did. And you know why? Because him and Mom believed God. Now, they may not have been where they wanted to be, but they were on their way somewhere. And I'm thankful that they were there because it got me to here. Because they never said, well, you know, sometimes God just doesn't want you to prosper. You know, we're just some of those people that aren't going to prosper, son. You're going to be the unprosperous Christian. (laughs) They could have taught me that. They didn't, thank God. You know what? No matter how bad it was, my mom would always tell me, God wants you prosperous. My dad would say, don't look at this this way. The Word says God wants you to prosper. Amen. That's, that's that's the way it should be. You, you don't that that's you don't call you don't dismiss four out of the. Right? That's what you when people say stuff like, well, maybe God just doesn't want me to prosper. They might as well say I'm not putting four in the number system anymore, because you just changed the word of God, and you took out a truth for yourself, not took out a truth. It'll be in the word forever. Amen. Your heavenly Father knows you need these things. Verse, verse 33, but seek first. And this is where God always shows me where, where, where I've gotten things out of kilter. He says, you didn't put me first. He says, you've got me behind you right now. And he said, I can't work from behind you. You can't follow me when I'm behind you. Right? Right? And one, I mean, one time it was so specific. He said, you're out there looking for the gifts and the giver's way back here. Christians do that. I mean, so you got people that would read this verse, seek, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Go back to the King James, actually. It says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And, and your human mind will say, okay, all I got to do to get my needs met is seek God. Let's see, if that's the only reason you're seeking God to get your needs met, you you got out of the rest of the verse because it doesn't say seek God to get your needs met. It says seek God and His righteousness. Seek His kingdom. Seek the expansion of His kingdom, the, the way He does things. Seek His vision on the, on the situation. Seek what He would do in this opportunity. Seek God first. Put Him first in your life. If you put something else first, if you have kids, if you have a spouse, those are gifts. If you put the gift before the giver then you're messed up. Right? And, and trust me, I mean, it, that's a hard thing to do because you're, you're trusting God with your teenager that's out there doing things that you don't even know what in the car that you don't know how, and you're like, oh, and God, I need to text. I need to get the GPS. I need to, and God says, can you trust me? Put me first. Put me first. Right? And you say, oh, but I just love him so much. If you love him so much, put him first. And that, that's what he says to me over and over again. And, and, and he tells me, if, if I feel something's just not right, he says, go back to Matthew 6, And I say, what, Lord? And he says, you're moving me out of the way. 
You're moving me over just a little bit. You're doing the right things. You're saying the right things, but I'm not in the right place. Amen? How, how, many, how many people in here have said all the right scriptures? You're quoting the scriptures. You're going to church. You're, you're doing all the right stuff. But you don't have God in the right place. Right? Why? Because you're doing the right stuff to get the gift. And it doesn't say seek the gift. It says seek the giver. It says to seek first the giver, the kingdom of God, the way he does things. And, you know, he'll tell you stuff like, you know what, go out and help these people. Go out and do this. And, and, and he'll, he'll, he'll have you doing all kinds of things, and you'll enjoy it because God told you to do it. Now, the first thing when he tells you, you'll say, oh, God, that's not going to help me. And he said, I told you to seek me first. And he said, yeah, but I need help. And he said, I told you to seek me first. But what about, am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? Seek me first. And what's he saying? He's saying, get rid of you and seek me. If you're thinking about you, he's not first. If you're thinking about you while you're reading the verse, he's not first. Right? It's serious. I mean, because what we're doing is, I did it, guys. I had, I was in so much financial trouble, I couldn't breathe. And, and man, I was looking up every verse I could to try to get the gift. I wanted the gift. And I keep reading, I, and I'd quote that verse right there. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. All these things will be all these things will be added to me. All these things will be added to me. All these things will be added to me. But that's all I kept saying because the first verse was just slipping by my eyes. And God was saying, I need you to seek me first. I need you to put me in my place. Did you know God can't do anything but lead? He can't. He is the lead. He's first. Right? He, he, can't, he can't be behind you. He can't be third place from you. He, he can't do it. It's not that he won't do it. He can't do it. He's God. If he's not leading, somebody way dumber than him is. Right? I mean, I don't care how smart you are. If he's not leading, somebody way less smart. Is that a nicer way to say it? Somebody way less smart than him is leading. He is to be followed. He's not to be drug. He, he's not your back. He's not. He is your backup, but he is your. He's your backup because you're following him. Amen. As you follow him and do the things he calls you to do, and and look at things the way he sees them, and go the places he says to go, and say the thing, you, you'll see different. Your focus, when, you'll, you'll see how out of focus you were when you put him back in place. Anybody, you know, people that wear glasses, you know, I, I, I have to put readers on every now and then. Yeah, you know why? Because it's blurry if you don't. And I want to see, Right? And so you, you go like this, and you're like this, and you can see. You're like this. And that's like putting God in front of your eyes, and then you see. When you got him over your head or in your back, it don't matter how many pairs of glasses you got. If you put them in your pocket, they ain't helping you. 
You leave them at home, they ain't helping you. If God is not before you, then your vision is messed up. And you can't see the right way to go. So no matter how much religion talks you into going one way, and it sounds good, and and you think this is the way to go, it ain't helping because you're not following. He's got to be first. When we seek God first, we're not concerned. That's what he's saying. You won't be concerned about your food. You won't be concerned about your clothes. You won't be concerned about what you're going to... You'll only be concerned about what I'm putting before you. And I found that to be true over and over again. When When I stop... And I say, and I have to, you know, I'm just, I'm just be flat honest with you. There's times I get completely out and God says, go back. Go back to these verses. Put me in front. You've got me in back. And it may be a situation. It may be my whole life. It may be, there's no telling what it is. But if I know something's not going right, the first thing I'd check is not where I'm at, where God is. Amen? Because where God is is where love is. <laughs> and I want love leading me. Amen? Where God is is where the power is. Where God is is where the answers are. Where God is, he's, you're always going the right place at the right time doing the right thing. Why? Because you're doing what he wants you to do. And, and you didn't even plan on doing any of it. That's how you know it wasn't your idea. Right? <laughs> Because I remember when I first got a hold of this, finally, after years of reading it and quoting it and confessing it. Huh? Here laughs. Why? Because we confess things that we don't understand. And, we, and, we're, and God's trying to get us to see something in that verse that we can't see. And all we're doing is confessing it. Confessing's great. But meditate on it. Look at it. Listen to God. See, I didn't want to listen to God because He's now going to mess with my life. Right? If you seek first the kingdom of God, your life's going to change. You know why? Because you are getting ready to take second, third, fourth, fifth, somewhere way down the line place. Right? Your me time's gone. Right? No more me time? No, no. God doesn't even, he doesn't even acknowledge me time. How much me time you reckon Jesus had? You know, he, John the Baptist died and he went up to be alone and to pray. He wasn't doing me time, he's doing God time. And the people come and he doesn't even take a break then. Why? Because love doesn't do that. He, saw, he was seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness every day of his life. Therefore, he was always doing what God wanted him to do, not what he chose. But that was okay because he was lost somewhere else. His, and people say, well, he didn't have any flesh. He had flesh. He could have done, he could have fleshed out just like you and me. He didn't. He's my hero. <laughs> He's amazing. Amen? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Why? Because you're not worrying. Why are you not worrying? Because he empowered you by telling you something else to do instead. Seek me first. And then he, he, he didn't say seek me first and you won't worry. He said seek me first. 
right? He said, seek me first. He said, don't worry, seek me first. If you seek him first, you won't worry, right? Because now he's in the right place. If somebody that has all the answers is in front, you're going to follow, right? You're you're, you're going to trust. You're going to believe that he has all the answers. You can follow as far as you want to, and it's always going to be the right direction. Amen? Luke 9, verse 23. says, says uh, Jesus said this again. He said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Well, what, 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 why would he say that? Because, you know, if you're going to come after him, of course you're going to deny yourself. No, because we try, to co- we try to bring everything with us. Yeah, wait, God, let me get, let me get all my troubles. <laughs> and he didn't say, seek me first with your troubles. He said, seek me first. And, and we're trying to get... Because the reason we started seeking in the first place is because we had troubles. Right? We didn't just start seeking him because we loved him. We started seeking him because we had problems. <laughs> right? Yeah. I got problems, Lord. I need help. What you find out is he loves you and you love him. But that's not why many people seek him. I didn't. I was seeking him because I had problems. I mean, I loved him. You know, that's about how it was too. I love you, Lord. <laughs> but when I started seeking him, I fell in love with him. I fell in love with him. Because he, he took me to places and, and let me, allowed me to be parts of things that I never imagined how great they were. Do you know how, and I'm sure many people know how cool it is, how cool it is to lead somebody to Christ? Oh, my that's one of my favorite things in the world. I would rather do that than eat the best steak in the world. I'd rather do that than do any. That is amazing. And when you start seeking God first, those are the things you run into. When you start seeking God first, you find yourself in front of somebody with problems, but now you have answers instead of problems to pile with them. Right? Before you were the guy who said, oh, I know, I got problems too. <laughs> yeah, I see you got problems. Look how big mine are. Let's compare. Woo! Big problems. We're in big trouble. Let's join them together. We'll be in bigger trouble. But when you start seeking God, you come across other opportunities. Amen? And your vision changes. Look at, uh, we'll come back to this. Look at, um, oh, Miss Phyllis used these verses a while back. Uh, Matthew 25. Matthew 25 and 35. When you start seeking God, things that used to pass you by or you used to pass by become visible. Right? The things you were supposed to do that you couldn't see, you know, you kept saying, God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want me to do? But you're looking like this. God's over here. God, what do you want me to do? (laughs) I don't want to see it because I know he's going to ask me to do something. And guess what your flesh wants to do? Nothing. Nothing. It wants to do zip. It's lazy and it's selfish. It's selfish. When we're led by our flesh, we only think about us. That's why God said quit worrying because worry is a thought about you. Amen? Because if you're worried about somebody else, you could give that up real easy. 
<laughs> right? Because eventually it's not going to affect you. It's somebody else. I mean, if you're thinking of yourself in the first place, then, oh, yeah, I'll pray for you. Shandai, Hyundai. <laughs> and then you'll call them later and say, I was so concerned. How'd it go? <laughs> Matthew 25, verse 35 says, For I was hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. Sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. When you're seeking God and putting Him first, your flesh doesn't like any of these, by the way. It really doesn't. Why? Because they're inconvenient. Now, there's a lot of people that, aren't, that don't know God that do things that look like this. But they're very convenient things. Right? Very few people stop and do these things in their own flesh. Because by nature, we don't want to. But when you're following God and you're seeking Him first, these are all things you'll now see. You passed by these a thousand times. You drove by them. I did. Maybe you're still driving by them. That's why everybody's so quiet. No, no you're not. No, I know. But these are opportunities. What, 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 what's God saying? He's saying all these opportunities came before you, and because I was first place in your life, you saw them. You saw them. Look at the next verse. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we there? They, they, they were so focused on seeking the kingdom of God that they saw it and didn't realize they saw it. They, didn't, they saw it. They were seeking to do God's will, and God's will was happening all around them. And they said, when did we do it? We were just living. And they said, yeah, that's who you are now. That's who you are. You're the one that feeds the hungry. You're the one that clothes the naked. You're the one that serves me on a daily basis. You take up your cross and you follow me every day. And no matter who you pass by, why, 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 is he, why does he use that analogy, taking up your cross? Because when Jesus took up his cross, he was completely unselfish. When we take up our cross, we become completely unselfish. And we walk towards those things and, and towards these people. We don't walk away from them, right? <laughs> Anybody ever had somebody you steered clear of, right? You know, I just feel guilty every time I don't help them. I, you know, I know the answer to this. I'll quit seeing them, right? <laughs> I'll quit going where they're at. I'll steer clear of them. Now, if you're sitting in here and you're thinking, yeah, that's what people do to me, then you're not listening, you're the one that God's telling to seek God first. Because if you're the minute we say, yeah, I'm the one people are passing by, you just thought about you. Because if you'd let God use you, you would become the guy that was passing by someone instead of the guy that got passed by. When we allow God to use us, we become the person helping, not the, per, not the person helpless. Amen? And we want to be the person helping. We want to be that person. And as we put God first in our life, we give Him the priority place. Then these are the things that happen. And people say, well, you know, I still need my needs met. You you still haven't heard me. Right? (laughs) 
Because that's exactly what God would do if you needed clothes. He would send you to somebody that needs clothes. That's exactly what he'd do. And he'd say, he'd say, help them. And, and if you did it with the right heart, you wouldn't even know that you just sewed clothes until yours started coming in. You say, oh, that's what God was doing. I was just enjoying doing stuff for him, and he was helping me all along. That's what you find when you seek the kingdom of God with all your heart. You find him doing things. In, he's doing something for everybody. He's enabling you to help others, and by doing that, he's able to help you. Amen? Amen. That's why he can say, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Why? Because he knows if you do that, you'll do things that will enable him to meet your needs at all times. Glory to God. Go back to where were we, Luke or something like that? Huh? Yeah, Luke. Luke 23. Or 9.23. 23. It's not even 23 in Luke, is there? If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, let him put himself last, let him take himself completely out of the picture, take up his cross, how often? Daily. That, that tells you that that's how often you're going to have to put your flesh under. You know, because people say, well, you know, I want to get to the point where I just wake up spiritual. Well, <laughs> there's a way to do that. It's called wake up, grab your cross, first thing. And then you won't have time to let your flesh out of the bag. Because if you don't grab that cross pretty quick, flesh is going to growl. Right? It's the nature of the flesh. That's why he says you're going to do it daily. Deny yourself how often? Daily. Take up your cross how often? Daily. And follow me how often? Daily. This, this is a daily walk. You know, people, people don't like daily things because then it's a regimen. They, they want to do this one time and it be the fix. Yeah. Right? See, that's what I thought when I started searching for the gift. I wanted that one time fix. If I could just have enough money, then I wouldn't have any problems because that was my problem. I didn't have enough money. Right? I know none of you guys have done this, but God was your money ticket, right? He, he, was, he was your get-rich-fast get scheme. Won't work that way because you've got to change from the inside out. You've got to change from the inside out. You know how you do that? Seek God first. That's how you change from the inside out. You pick up your cross daily and you follow Him. And what, what happens as you're doing that? For the next verse whosoever will save his life will lose it. How many, have, how many have experienced that? How many have you tried to hold on to your ways so strongly that you couldn't keep hold of them? Right? Why? Because they're loser ways. You're going to lose them because they're loser ways. They have no ability to do any good in the earth and they're loser ways. The best thing we can do is lose our life for his sake. More of him, less of us every day. Actually, I'd say it a different way. All of him, none of us every day. Amen? Because if you lose your life for his sake, then you save it. Why? Because you'll, you got true life then. Why? Your life is now picking up your cross daily, denying yourself, and following him. Amen? 
and, and religion and other things will will teach you. You know, in our minds, we're we're uh, uh, tit for tat people. In other words, if you do this, this happens. If you do this, this happens. And and see, that's what people think when they read Seek Ye First Kingdom of God. If you'll do that, your 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 needs will be met. Well, if you truly do, your needs will be met. But you're not going to do it to get your needs met. You're going to do it because you love God. Right? If you do it just to get your needs met, you're not doing it. (laughs) Right? Is that kind of backwards thinking? My back itched there for a second. Sorry. Right? We don't do things to get something from God. We do things because we love God and He's the giver. If you are seeking the gift on a constant basis, then the giver is always in the wrong spot and you'll never get the gift because it doesn't say seek gifts. It says seek God. Amen? Gifts come by seeking God. Right? (laughs) It's really quiet. I don't think the air conditioners run all night. Thank you, Lord. Go Go to Mark 10. These are things that people, that the enemy subtly sneaks in. Religion will subtly sneak in because you're doing all the right things. I don't understand why things aren't going well in my life. I'm doing all the right things. Because that's not why things go well in your life. You could have done all the right things and not even been saved. Right? I mean, didn't Jesus say that there's going to be people who say, Lord, Lord? You know, didn't we cast out demons in your name and do all kinds of miracles in your name? And he's going to say, I don't know you. Why? Because you can say, Lord, Lord, and not even know him. That's, that's not seeking first the kingdom of God. That's not putting a priority on the things of God. In fact, is that put a priority on your ability? Because you said, didn't we? Huh? Didn't we do this? Didn't we do that? Yeah, no. That, that's not that's not going to get us anywhere. Um, look at the rich young ruler. Rich young ruler comes running to Jesus, says, "What what must I do to inherit the kingdom? What what must I do? Did I, did I say Luke? What did I say? Math, Mark, Mark ten, Mark ten. And Jesus said, "You know the commandments, right?" Jesus said, "You know the commandments." What did he say that in about verse? Uh, we can look that far back. Verse nineteen, maybe. Hey, look at that. Man, I'm smart. Whew. Pretty in smart. You got the full package. Somebody signed up for the premium plan. No doubt about it. <laughs> she wonders what she did every day. Thou know, you know the commandments. Don't commit adultery. Don't kill, don't steal, don't bear false witness, defraud not, honor your father and mother. How many know if you actually do that according to the Old Testament, you'll be blessed? That's why they called him the rich young ruler. If he hadn't been doing this, he'd be the poor young ruler. Right? But he was following the law of God. Amen? So he's following the law of God, verse 20. He answered and said, I got this. I got this. How many people done this? I got this. Lord, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. 
He answered, Master, these have I observed from my youth. I've done this all my life. All my life I've been a good boy. What's he counting on now? His works. All my life I've done everything I was asked. He said, okay, I'm going to ask you one more thing. Right? (laughs) There's one thing you haven't done. Glory to God. Verse 21. Jesus, beholding him, loved him. He, he was, you know, there's a big difference when you look at somebody and say, man, they're stupid. <laughs> How am I going to get this to them, Lord? They are just not bright. They're, hmm. they're not even in the crayon box, let alone the sharpest crayon. <sighs> no, Jesus loved him. He had compassion on him. He, he, he wasn't giving him an answer he couldn't receive. He was giving him an answer that could change his life forever. He loved him so much that although he thought he had it all, Jesus said, you know what? I got the greatest thing that you don't have, and it's what you need. One thing you lack. Go go your way. Sell whatever you have. Give to the poor. Man, this sounds like seek ye first the kingdom of God. Huh? Well, but he was doing all the other stuff. Wasn't he seeking first the kingdom of God? Obviously not, because he was still lacking one thing. You can be doing everything right. You can be saying all the right words, but if God doesn't have your heart, then you're not going the right way, and he's not first. The only way he can be first is when you give him your heart. Because if you hold back part of your heart then you've put him in a place that he's unable to help you. He's actually unable to help you at that point because he can't get to your heart. You say, well, I gave him part. No, he can't do part. He's an all-in God. He wants it all. And he said to this guy, he said, he said go sell what you have, give to the poor, and you'll have treasures in heaven. And then what? <laughs> Take up your cross and follow me. And you know, people don't like that because they think of the cross. But what he's literally saying is, forget yourself and live for others. I want you to forgive your, to forget yourself and live for others daily. I want your life to be about everybody else. And that's what he told this kid. And of course, the kid was sad. You know, a lot of people read this, and I was looking at it actually earlier in the week, and God said, why does everybody think that he never changed? Because it doesn't say he never changed. It just says he went away sad. Now, I can tell you, God has asked me to do things, and I've went away sad. (laughs) Has he never asked you guys to do something that didn't grieve your flesh? Because God's asked me to do things. And I said, oh, that can't be God. Get thee behind me, Satan. Huh? God wouldn't ask me to do that because I like it so much. That's exactly why he'd ask you to do it. Why? Because it's in front of him. And he needs you to get that out of the way so he can be the biggest thing in your life. Because God was not the biggest thing in this man's life, and he proved it right here. Why? Because this made him sad. 
Because why? Because he had great possessions. In other words, his possessions were greater than his love for God. His possessions were first. God cannot work from that position. And that's what Jesus was trying to tell him. God can't do everything in your life that he would like to do because you don't have him in the place where he can't. If you will put him in the right place, then he can do everything and more than you've ever imagined. Amen? It's such a good place, but our flesh is so scared of it that you're going to lose control. You don't get to decide. You don't want to decide. When I started seeking him the very first time, I, I finally got it. And I started seeking him with all my heart. And he said, go teach youth. And my flesh said, oh, I'm sad and grieved. And he said, not only that, the next day, go teach inner city youth. Oh, I'm really sad and grieved. And then one Saturday a month, I want you to help little inner city kids. And I'm like, oh, you're trying to grieve me, Lord. Why? Because Saturday's golf day. God would not do that to me. Right? And I work all day. I can't go do Bible studies and youth. And You know what? When I did that, I didn't notice anything. I, lo- I, I loved it. And I can say I loved it because it was God. I loved it. Every night. Well, did we love it, Rick? We had every night filled with something of the kingdom of God. Every night. And I loved it. I was the happiest I had ever been and my business was still in the doghouse dump as low as you could get it and you would have never known it by looking at me because I was finally seeking God because I loved Him. For the right reason. And I didn't care about me anymore because it was all about Him and it was all about these kids and these people who were hungry to hear that God was good from a guy that had just learned it. Been saying it for years, but just learned it a few days ago. Glory to God. That changes your life. And, and, and as we let the religious things of, of, of this was religion, you know, he was, he was steeped in religion. And God said, I want to get you out of this religion. Sell all you have and give to the poor. And you know what his mind probably thought? Well, God gave me all that. Why would he take it away? Because God gives you things all the time that you put in the wrong place. <laughs> right? right? I remember Brother Moore telling that story about the car that he got and he spent all the time waxing it and working on it and God said, don't make me sorry I gave you that or something like that. Why? Because you put it in the wrong place. Right? We don't want to put things in the wrong place. When God gives us something, He gives it to us because we can't handle it, but it's because we're seeking first the kingdom of God. Don't, don't grab what He gave you and put it in front of God. Be thankful for what He gave you and keep following. Keep moving. Keep going. Keep doing the things He called you to do. But he's, and he, he's going to ask you to do more. I mean, good land, after I started teaching Bible studies and youth and inner city kids and inner city youth and then this church opens up and God says, you know, I don't even want you to be a part of your business anymore. I was grieved and sad. (laughs) I went away grieved and sad. 
I said, God, you just fixed it. <laughs> I'm like, wow, it, it's just doing good. And he said, yeah, because you finally got out of the way. I denied myself and got out of his way, and he fixed it. And then he said, now you, you quit. You go help the church. And man, I'm like, well, that can't be God. He gave me the businesses, and he fixed them, and goodness sakes, that, you know, that's got to be the devil, right? I don't think the devil's ever going to tell you to go into ministry. <laughs> right? Right? You know, he might try to confuse somebody, right, and get them to go in the wrong time or something like that, but he's not big on ministry. That's not, that's not his number one go-to, right? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell him to go get people saved. No. I can't. I just can't see the devil saying that. No. But, but it did. It grieved me. And I was just like that. And people say, well, you know, because we look at th- stories like this, just like we look at the, the uh, children of Israel and we look at the Pharisees and we say, how could they be that way? And if you'll listen long enough, well, God will say, just like you, there's an inner Pharisee in all of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You wanna you wanna say, I don't know why my bills aren't doing good. I tithe weekly. I give a tenth of all that I have. Right? And God says, Yeah, but you delete the more weightier matters: justice, mercy, faithfulness. See, God doesn't tell you to do things. That makes sense. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And here's another thing I want you to do. I want you to pray for your enemies. People that don't like you. I want you to uh, love your enemies. I want you to pray for people who have despitefully used you, who have done things against you and mean to you. And I want you to not judge. I want you to forgive every person that ever does anything against you and I want you to be merciful just like me and what's he literally saying he said I want you to be just like me and the only way you can do that is if you seek first the kingdom of God because in your flesh we're more apt to judge than to forgive Um, as I've studied this and even in the past few months I've really been hard after some of this and and sometimes me and Kim will be watching something on the news and and uh, your flesh will say, oh, how could they do that? And your spirit says, they need Jesus. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what they did because the compassion of God is greater and the grace of God is greater than whatever they did. And when you're seeking God uh, first, you find yourself seeing things on a different level, it's no longer a judgmental level. It's a, oh, Lord, they're not, they're not past saving. You know, I, I don't know how it's going to affect their physical life, but their spiritual life, their soul can be saved. There's, there's a compassion in seeking God that you don't have when you're not seeking God. Why? Because you're not denying yourself. When you're not denying yourself, your flesh is having a field day. Every day, your flesh... Is, is deciding what you think, how, how you think they should do. It's, it's, it's unforgiving. It's, it's, uh, it won't forgive. It'll hold a grudge. 
You let your flesh go? I know people that have held grudges against people so long that they forgot why they're mad at them, but they're still mad at them because they know they were mad at them once. Do you know that God's not first in your life? That's why he said, forgive and I'll forgive you. Because if you don't forgive, he's not first and he can't. Because if he tells you to do something and you say no, then he can't do anything for you. Because you just said no. I refuse to forgive them. And God says, oh, don't do that. Because I want to forgive you. You just put me in a position that I can't help you from. The things of God are valuable. The, 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 The seeking of his ways and his character and his goodness and following him every day. We'll find ourselves thinking a way we never thought we could think, doing things we never would have done, and being in places that we'd never gone. And we will be happier than we've ever been. If you don't think you would have been happy doing it, you're wrong. Give in to to Matthew 6.33. Give in to seeking him first. When you wake up tomorrow morning, reach over and grab your cross before you ever get out of bed, throw it up over your shoulder, and then get out of bed. Right? And, And then say, okay, Lord... Where are we going today? I'm seeking you first. You're leading, I'm following. Amen? Amen? And, and when your flesh says, yeah, but you need eggs. You say, Lord, do we need eggs? <laughs> He'll look at me and say, no, you don't need no eggs. You need to go eggless today. Huh? You know, God's, my point is, is if he says go here, and I'm seeking him first, I have to assume, I don't care if it's just a restaurant, I'm there for a reason. Amen. Yes. I'm not just there to eat breakfast. That's right. Right. I'm there to make a difference. Right. Amen? And, and you may not do anything except see somebody. You say, oh, they look like they're hurting. Lord, help them. Have mercy on them. Show them your goodness. Heal their body. And you may never talk to that person, but someday in heaven, they're going to come up and say, you prayed for me. When did we pray for you? You were doing the verse. Because you won't remember you prayed for him. The, the people in the verse, and Jesus said, when, when did I clothe you? Why, they'd clothe somebody. When did I do it? You didn't even notice it because you were just following God. Being a child of God. That's what he wants us to do. That's why he says forgive. Don't judge. And even after he says, be merciful, he says, and you'll be like your, like your Father in heaven. Be kind to the unthankful, and you'll be like your Father in heaven. And you know what? These are not just words. They're empowerments. Because he says do them, we can. But you have to seek first the kingdom of God. Amen? And when we do, we find ourselves being the go-to. We're now the go-to. You know, you think about where it talks about praying for one another, confessing your faults to one another in in James, you're now somebody that can be talked to. Why? Because you won't judge. 
Go, go to that verse and we'll, we'll finish with it. We'll finish with it just because I like it. It's in here. I had it. Oh, right there. It's right, right, right in front of me. See, I was seeking God, and there it was. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, James 5, 16. See, when you're seeking God, you become this person. A lot of people are trying to become this person but not seek God because if you're not seeking God, you, aren't, you can't be confessed to because you'll judge. If, if, if your flesh is first, the minute somebody says, I did this, you're going, whoo, wow. <laughs> and, 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 and immediately you can't help. Why? Because it was more than you could take. Right? You immediately judged them in your heart. It, if God says, pray for one, pray, confess your faults to one another, pray for one another that you may be healed, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. A righteous man is a man that's seeking God first. It's a person that's not seeking from their own right. I can't pray for you because I did everything right. I can pray for you because he did. I don't have to pray for you because I'm perfect. I can pray for you because he is. It's his righteousness. It's, it's not the man's righteousness. He's a righteous man because he knows Jesus Christ. And as a righteous man, his prayers have much power. They make much power available. Amen? So when we seek God first and put him in front and follow him every day of our life, when somebody comes up to you and says, I'm going through this, and will you pray for me? You say, Absolutely. I'll pray for you. God forgave you, and this can be better than you ever thought it would be. And you now become the answer to somebody's prayer instead of the problem on top of theirs. Amen? Because you now have a righteousness that's not your own, but that you got. You got a hold of it, and you know who you are because of who he is. And when we know who we are because of who he is, then we're walking through life, seeking his will, seeking his way, doing the things he's called us to do, being the person he's made us to be. And in every situation, at every time, we are, we are, we are God to that, to that situation. Amen? Amen? If he sends you to a restaurant tomorrow morning, you're not there just to eat eggs. Right? Right? Why? Because you followed him there. You think he went there to eat eggs? No, he went there to love on people. You may just give the extra big tip that made that waitress's day. Right? You may be the only person that smiled at her yet that morning after she got up and her, her and her husband had a fight. and You don't know. But if you're seeking God first, you don't got to know. Because someday in heaven, somebody will run up to you. I didn't have any clothes and you clothed me. I didn't clothe you. Yeah, you did. I didn't have any food and you fed me. I didn't feed you. Yeah, you did. Why? Because you didn't even know it. You were following God and that's what he does. Amen? Because if you clothe somebody and go out and tell everybody, there's your reward. Right? I want everybody to know, bought somebody's dinner today. Me. Look at me. Pretty big deal. Bought somebody's dinner. Left a $2.50 tip. Nah? I'm a big deal. 
I fasted and prayed one day too. <laughs> fasted broccoli. <laughs> I'm a pretty big deal. You ain't seeking God and you are first. When you're seeking God, you're so far in the back, you don't even talk about you. You talk about Him. And the more we talk about Him, the more excited we get about who we are. Because we're now who we always wanted to be and who He made us to be. And it's a huge deal. You're happier than you've ever been because you're now doing your purpose in this life. And it's the best thing we could ever do. Anybody ever been there? You woke up one morning and you picked up your cross and and God started you on a path that day. And at the end of the day, you sat down and thought, man, that was as fun as it gets. And you did nothing but work all day. And it was the most fun work you've ever done. Glory to God. I believe he can do more of that in our lives. You guys believe that? Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. He's a good God. He's doing good things. You know, he's... He's got to be that position in your life. Because he, not, not because he's got a big head or he's a controller. He is a lead. He is first. He's the only one in this universe worthy to be first in your life. He gave everything so he could be first in your life. Glory to God. He gave Jesus so he could be first in my life. Because he couldn't be first before. But because of Jesus, because of the work of the cross, because of redemption, because of the blood, I'm worthy to be called a son of the Most High God. What a grand privilege. Amen? You got a song?